welcome to The Influenced Podcast. I'm Ella Dace, a social media manager and fashion designer. And I'm Bart Dace, a businessman by day, but more importantly, Ella's insta-husband. Together, we run a social media company called Ella Resort Creative. We're here to talk about the social business world and the power of influence, how we learn from some and give to others. You pressed record already. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I want to get on with it. We've had technical difficulties this morning. Yes, we have. Yes, finally got the uh, sound card flattened out. So it's not as easy as plugging in a mic and hitting record. It, it kind of is, but then there's a couple of bits and pieces in between, which uh, yeah, or it can be a pain. But anyway, nonetheless, we're up and running. So I think uh, some exciting news and exciting topics for us to go over today, sweetie. Yes. So we want to start the episode with announcing the winner of our little AirPods giveaway that have been given to us kindly from Morgan from Sonderjack. Yes. Correct. Do you want so to know who it was? Yeah. He went through all of the comments and he's just sent us the winner now. Mm-hmm. And I think you've been chatting to her on the side, have you? I have. And she actually messaged me and she was like, am I the winner? And I can't reply. And I'm like, how does she know? <laughs> <laughs> well, she did write a really good review. So I think she put in the effort she and wrote, the win. Yeah, it was very, very detailed. And you could just tell that she listened like all the way to the end. I'll get you re- to read out her comment. You want me to read yeah. out the comment? Is that because mm-hmm. you don't have your glasses on? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> cool. No worries. So essentially we got this one from, oh, trying to zoom in here. It's not working very well. Uh-huh. Um, cool. Salon Magic. Uh, such a great 100% listen. Love the humor and the, I can't read. There's been a circle around Realness. That. Realness of the podcast and to hear people say niche correctly. <laughs> Have already learned so many uh, tips from Ella and Bart, all the great guests um, and how up to, uh, what? And how to up my Instagram game. Oh, and Morgan, it's uh, Mason and Amp. Pearson's brush and they are the bomb. Uh, can't, can't wait for the next one. Tash, creme, skin and amp beauty lounge. I think that's... Skin. Yeah. yeah. Well, Morgan's did some scribbling all over the screenshots. <laughs> so. Anyway, congratulations. And Morgan said that Salon, Salon Magic wins. The detail about the brush shows that she listened to the whole episode. Yes, correct. And also, yeah, I think that ties in with Morgan's no poo strategy. <laughs> So congratulations. Yes, well done. If you're listening, then, um, I mean, I'm already messaging you on Instagram, but I'll wait for you to listen to the episode and we'll be in touch. Congratulations. Yes, well done. We'll insert clapping here very shortly. (laughs) Um, Cool. So I think uh, next thing we wanted to touch on was obviously the mailing list because we've had a bit of a restructure on how we're sort of giving out that information. Um, Baby, do you want to pass us? What's happening there? So I have started um, sending out information on my mailing list. This week was my very first email. And essentially, I decided to do this because Bart was really fed up of me whinging to him about people copying my content all the time. And he was like, babe, you need to think of something else. You need to put a positive spin on this. You can't think of this as being negative all the time because he could see it was really affecting me. 
Yeah. And he was like, one, you need to find a solution, and two, you we need to find a way maybe to make money out of this one day. Yeah, monetizing things is important, but fundamentally, I think we were trying to find a better way of dealing with copycats and, and yeah. people cutting and copying your content. Because at the end of the day, there's not really much you can do, right? No, so they but will this makes it this makes it a little bit harder, I guess. And you know what? I know exactly who's on my mailing list. I know mm. who's opened it. And you know what's funny is most of the people on my mailing list are marketers and social media managers. Mm, so I'm um, I'm really really happy that I can help you guys out, and I hope you find my content valuable. And you will be the first ones to know about all of the really fun projects that we are currently working on. There's a couple of things in the pipeline, mm-hmm. isn't there? Yeah, well, just to explain firstly what we actually have done. So Ella was doing an extremely long uh, sort of winded extended comments on her Instagram post and we've now changed that. Captions. To captions, yes, whatever you call it, that, that thing. Um, but uh, now we're putting that in the emails out. So the, the, the content and the information is there. It's available, but just available in a different platform and a dis- different medium. What does that mean? Uh, you should sign up to the mailing list if yeah. you want that information, which is a really good idea. Uh, Ella's also going to tailor that and put out a little bit more content and a little bit more quality content because you can do that on emails which yeah. is really good so if you see Ella's e- sort of Instagram captions have reduced and you want to still want that information you should sign up to the mailing list which is going to be great and it's yeah. going really quickly. We will leave the link below so all you have to do is head to my actual website and a little thing will pop up asking yeah. you to subscribe, subscribe you'll get a confirmation email make sure, making sure that you opt in mm-hmm. and then you're on the list. Yeah, correct. And then we're going to tie it into what's been spoken about on the podcast, of course, which yeah. is important. So important. You, what you'll do, yeah, important, you'll get a weekly email from me, which is full of value, tips and tricks, as well as the link to the latest podcast and the link to the latest YouTube video. Yeah, correct. And then we're going to probably obviously relate or break down the, the information so it's all collated and in the same sort of topics so um, yeah yeah we're going to put a bit of a strategy and a thought behind it um more sequentially than before i think we're just kind of doing things in response but this is going to be so a bit more today's episode out. we are going to be talking all about business plans so in the mailing <laughs> list you will yes. actually be sent a little pdf checklist everything that you need to put your business plan together. Yeah. So if you are interested in that, then make sure you join that mailing list. The email goes out every single Wednesday. Podcast goes up on Monday, so you have a couple of days to get in there before I send out this yeah first new little digital product (laughs) yeah exactly right so i think um just to just to sort of disseminate and sort of explain why we're going through a business plan and what's involved in a business plan is because we've kind of noticed that some people don't understand the business the difference between a business plan and a social media strategy um so a business plan is obviously how you structure your business um and actually how you go to market and end up making money because that's the whole point of setting up a business right um a social media plan falls under the marketing plan arm of that and Mm. some people People, I know some of your customers, uh, some of them quite recently, in fact, have sort of come to you and said, oh, you know, the social media strategy doesn't cover everything, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, mate, because that goes under your business plan section. I can't tell you what your operations and your organizational plan looks like. Well, I can, but this is not what... (laughs) Yeah, well, that's not what they've asked for, right? (laughs) So, you know, if someone needs help with a business plan, you know, I can step in and help with that. And that's 
that that's part of it. But at the end of the day, the social media strategy is essentially around your marketing plan and your sort of how do you how do you advertise and promote your company uh, and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I guess that's the difference. If anybody wants to know, yeah. And today we're just going to be running through what's generally in a business plan, so everybody has a bit of a checklist, which obviously Ella's going to be sending out in an email format. Yeah. But uh, you know, a business plan itself is is absolutely fundamental. If you don't have a business plan, you don't know where you're going. Um, a lot of the time, actually going through the process of just making a business plan um, allows you to understand whether you actually have a good business on your hands. One, two, if you need to change anything in your business to be effective, uh, and of course, three. Um, it gives you that structure to work with and towards. And bear in mind, this is going to meant to be a, a living and breathing document. So if you set your business plan a year mm-hmm. later, it's not working, you can go back in and find you adjust it. Exactly, yeah. which we have done. Well, yours you, a lot. you wouldn't write the entire thing in one sitting. Like you would do all of the research and all of that prep work first. And you would write down your ideas and make sure that you get all that research right. Yes. To make sure that you you do have an like somewhere to be in the market, right? Yeah, exactly right. And the whole idea is, I mean, you can have a great idea, and if you don't structure it properly, you know, if you don't plan, you plan to fail. Ooh. Like that one? Correct. Yeah, yeah, I saw that on Instagram the other day. Oh, from me? Uh, potentially. <laughs> I think you got that from me originally. But oh, okay. I'm not going to argue semantics. I actually got it from Lisa uh-huh. from a workshop that we did from Kukai, one of our style nights. Deep. I yeah. like it. Anyway, so there's a lot to chew on. So I think what we're going to do is just sort of go topic uh, and just explain it all. So when those people do get the uh, business plan template or the snapshot of the checklist, we've sort of got a little bit of an explanation behind yeah. it. And there are a good old 20, 25 tick boxes to go through. So I suppose the, the top heading is generally to understand the business as the marketing plan. Um, so we look through these ones. We've got uh, at the top of the list environmental analysis. Um, so just to explain that, obviously, if you're going to be going into a market space, if you're going to be selling a product, you need to understand what that environment is and what that commercial space looks like. So if you're selling clothes or shoes, you've got to understand you know, what that market looks like from a macroeconomic perspective. So you know, generally retail at the moment is going downhill, but online shopping is going up. So if you want to set up a clothing store, is that really the right thing to do right now? If the overall market's getting tougher, probably not, right? Yeah. So do you want to have more overheads other than the product that you're buying as well? Yes, correct. Exactly right. So, you know, if you are looking at setting up an online business, which people are doing a lot, and you're going to be looking at doing a product or a service, then you, you look at what product, what service, which is 1.2, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. uh, is the product and services that you're looking at doing. So if you're going to be doing a new product that ties in with something exciting, so, you know, anything... I don't know, simply put iPhone related or anything technology related is always a good one. If you're going to be looking at doing something that's uh, already been done to death, um, then obviously <laughs> it's probably not going to go very well. Yeah, you want to find a gap in the market and you want to find... Well said. Like yeah. what I always come back to and you'll do this in the next point when you look at your customer demographics, but you're researching to find those pain points and you're researching to see if your product or service is really needed yeah. within that environment and can you solve people's problems with your product or service? Exactly right. So the other things with the product and service, it doesn't have to be a you know very expensive single product that you sell a small amount of, right? So you know Louis Vuitton handbags and that sort of stuff, very expensive. You sell okay, they sell a lot of them, but if you're going to go for that very expensive business um, and that very expensive product, it's hard to adopt, and people need it takes a long time to get it adopted. Uh, they always said in business school that uh, if you can sell everybody in the planet uh, an item, a product or a service for one dollar, yeah. yeah, one thing for one dollar and you sell a million of them that's a business right so one of the ones i like to bring up is bic so what are the two most stolen things in the world ella (laughs) 
Oh, pens. And lighters. And yeah. highlighters. No, no, no lighters. lighters. Yeah, pens and lighters. They are stolen left, right and centre. People don't know mm-hmm. about them. People don't worry about them. And Bicker making bank just pumping these things out, right? So the product and service is really important. Next to that, 1.3 is customer demographics. So this is obviously your target market. Um, some people talk about niche, niching down. Niching niche, down. Niching down. Or right? niching so, down. Niching down. <laughs> Sorry. I hate that. Yeah, anyway. Um, customer demographics is psychographic, geographic, demographic, generally speaking. Yeah. So, what are they I, like? Is psychographic? I like where to are focus they? on psychographic. So, yeah, psychographic's important, yeah. And geographic, of course. So where are they, right? So are you going to be selling worldwide, just in Australia? Yeah. yeah. The, when you look, when you do a psychographic analysis, this is when you can really pick up on their pain points. You can really get into their head. You can see what questions they have. Um, you can. This is when you do your research into your Facebook groups yeah. or when you talk to them one-on-one or look at the questions that you're getting already yeah. and you're really getting inside that person's head. Yeah, and look, the niche is really defined within the customer demographics. So if they're a 30-year-old woman who like to go surfing on the weekend, whatever it is, right? So that's a bit that's a pretty interesting niche because girls don't always surf, generally speaking. I mean, it's more boys. What? Well, I mean, girls do surf, absolutely. But I mean, like the percentage of girls that surf. It's not appropriate to, the- to say. <laughs> okay, look, the niche is a very particular set of criteria <laughs> and that's yes. normally a demographic you're trying to attack, which also brings us to 1.4 and we're going to have to get cracking because there's a lot of these. Okay. So competitive uh, um, competition and competitive advantage. So what we talk about is the SCA or source of competitive advantage. So essentially, if you're going to be selling a product and everything's productized and commoditized, aka everything's the same across the board, how are you going to differentiate your product to the market, right? So poor example again, but <laughs> girls' surfboards, if you did really, really unique pink surfboards or something that's really, really striking and, and exciting, then that is your competitive advantage, right? You've designed or created something that's different to everybody else uh, and therefore you can attract market share. And that way you also know what language you're going to be using to speak to your customer Correct. because you want to speak to them in the language that you're using. Like I've, For example, I've just picked up a customer and he has said that his target market is me, small business owners. Yep. And then I've gone and done his content and he's like, wow, like Spot how did on. you nail yeah. this? And I was like, because I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> yeah, that's actually really important, right? So in, a, in the operational business plan further down the page a little bit, engaging with people and actually doing market testing is really important. Mm-hmm. So find your ideal customer, have a picture of them in their head, literally have a picture of that person on in your business plan, right? And write everything you think about them and then go find that person and, and ask them, them. Yeah, talk to them, yeah. ask them a heap of questions. Hey, what do you think about this? Oh, what do you think about that? Oh, you don't like this? Um, and that sort of stuff is done at a very high level with big big companies, they, they do market testing a lot, right? And that, that allows them to derive the rest of their plan. Can I just interject? You can actually do this on your stories as well. So if you have a if you have an Instagram account already, yeah. and you feel like a lot of your target audience is on there, you can use this by asking questions and doing polls, which is a brand new feature. Like it's it's relatively new for Instagram, yeah, yeah. and you can get so much research and data back from that. Yeah, and it's a low transaction cost, and it's right? Free. Yeah, and it's free. That's exactly Go right. Go do it. You put it up a poll. You get some information. You write that stuff down. And I suppose that's the other thing to note, guys. You got to have to take notes on all this stuff, right? Write it down. Mm-hmm. Makes a big, um, big, big difference down the track when you go. Oh, what was that thing I thought about ages ago? I can't remember. So that's what the business plan is. You refer to it and check in and change and update. So we have a live Google document that we share and, and update. And Which 
just when it, add things in there. Exactly right, just yeah. to chew the fat. Uh, cool. We've got a lot of these to get through. So pricing strategy, generally <laughs> speaking, with a product or a service, you want to price it correctly. Generally speaking, the answer is a slightly cheaper price to gain market share to get people to pick up the product or service. That's the short answer. Once you actually get a market share and you, you can update your product and increase the quality, um, and then you can start charging more once you've got kind of loyal customers, if that makes sense, Mm Osmudi? Yeah. A really good example of that one was Hyundai or Hyundai. I don't know how you pronounce that. Hyundai? I'm not going to say it because my dad says it in Polish in a really, really rude way. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. But look, they started in the car market, super cheap cars, doing bits and pieces. And, and, you know, they just, they gain market share for the low end consumer. Uh, Now they're doing like some really fancy high end cars. But what they did is gain market share, made some money, fine tuned their product and moved up the stack. So that's a really good way to think about it. Next is 1.6, which is advertising promotional oh, strategy. Can I just say something about with your yeah. pricing strategy? You can go back to your competitors as well and look at what they're pricing their products yeah. and then you can be yeah, you more competitive. You absolutely have to do that. Yeah, yeah, If you just pick a number out of the air, you're not going to go anywhere. No. Yes. So that's actually coming down to 1.7. But advertising and promotional strategy is next and that's your topic. So. Yeah. So when you're launching your business, I would absolutely do um, like build up your mailing list, have all of that. And then build a hype campaign around it. So you have your promotional thing, um, but you want to sort of drip feed it and you want to create a lot of hype around you. And yeah, yeah. so I would use influencers. I would do little ads, but I would, I actually find that because if you find influencers that have your target audience already, yeah, yeah. then you're spending your money really well because they already have your audience captured. So that's how I would start. When you're yeah. launching? Yeah, correct. And the other thing is also, so this all trickles down. So your environmental analysis, your product service, your customer demographic, your competitive and um, your competition and competitive advantage and your pricing strategy all fold into your promotional strategy. So yeah. once you understand all those things, you can design a promotional exactly. strategy around those and items to convey the information about your product and service. A really good example of this is I did a consult with a lady who has a fashion line and she is still building up her business. She's just starting... And I told her, go find some influencers. She has the most beautiful product Mm. and she just needs to get it out there. That's the only thing that's lacking in her business is just getting it out there. And she found a couple of people, not even huge influencers, just micro influencers. Mm. And she reached out to them. I I sent her a couple and she found us a couple on her own. She she reached out to one lady. This person had a thousand followers. Yeah, I saw that. she did a post and some stories Overnight, she got 50 new followers and four sales. Crazy, man. Like, you can't ask for a better result than that. Yeah, I really like this micro-influencer strategy because you're not paying a hell of a lot. You're getting a good turn on investment. And do you know how she found her? Yeah. She she was already a customer buying her stuff and loving her stuff and already promoting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you do that as well when yeah. you put up some photos and then brands hit you up and go, yeah, hey, exactly. can we work with you? And you're like, yeah, excellent. Because I already love your stuff. Yeah, and that's the way to do it, right? And it's genuine. You can't yeah, fake exactly. that sort of stuff. Cool. All right, let's crack on. Uh, I've got a lot to <laughs> chew on here. This is going to be a long episode. Sorry, guys. You're going to have to stick with us if you're enjoying it. <laughs> um, cool. SWOT analysis. So this is a great one. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So this is a really good analysis. And if you jump online, We'll put a link to a SWOT analysis. It's basically a graph. We've got a template. Yeah, we've got a template. I so can send it through. What are the, the yeah strengths and weaknesses of your business? Um, so what are the strengths, uh, which is derived from all the things we spoke about before? What are the weaknesses? So you know, not having enough market share, not having.
having, you know, a, a huge budget to work from. Like these are sort of things you need to not understand. having clear branding, Correct. not being consistent. Yeah, exactly right. And then the opportunities and threats that sort of comes down to your customer and competitive analysis. So, what is the opportunity? The opportunities would be working with influencers because if you haven't done done that avenue, then that's a really big opportunity for your business. Yes, correct. And also opportunity within the market space. Yeah. So there's an opportunity for a handbag that's slightly cheap but really good quality. That's a terrible example in my mind. But, you, you know, keep it going back to chick stuff. I don't, yeah, I don't know why. I'm trying to make it relevant. Well, your audience is mostly girls. But, okay. And then threats would be like, so if you do go into a market space and you do start working in a market space and you do start gaining market share, you've got to understand that competitors will also come back and change their business plan to fight you essentially yeah. because they want to gain the market Fun. share back. It's important. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a threat, right? So if you go into a market space and you want to do something um, and, you know, say it's technology and the, a competitor and a company has a patent around a core piece of technology, that's a huge threat. You can't really get into that market space and they'll dominate you. And especially if they have the big balance sheet, they can lock you out of a market space. So that's some higher level stuff, but it is good to think about. So if you do have success success is not guaranteed to remain in place right that's why that's why we go back to the document being living and breathing you update it couldn't have said it better myself babe great words (laughs) i'm pretty sure i said that first way back when that's a work term thank you yeah anyway uh 1.8 market research very important to do this i highly recommend getting on abs australian bureau of statistics uh get on there you can analyze a lot of these things guys it is a big data pool Mm. it's hard to read sometimes it's a pain in the bum but it is good digging through there and trying to search for information snapshots um you can engage external market research companies to understand if there is a space for your for your product and service sometimes good to throw some coins in that direction and and try and get the right information if you're not very good at the maths and the numbers but it is very important to understand if there is a market space you know what's an average revenue per consumer for a product how much do they spend on retail for example you can actually get those figures from abs Mm -hmm. and you can understand so i we did this analysis years ago uh, around Ella and Jackson and just sort of figured out that there was a, a large amount of money spent by Australian women on Australian swimwear, right? And mm-hmm. that was cool. So we sort of tapped into that market space. But nowadays, that's sort of declining a little bit and people are, are well, buying Now it's a little shore. bit saturated. That's yes, why. Correct. Exactly right. <laughs> yes. When we entered, it wasn't. When it entered, it was yeah. still like building yeah. up. And- Opportunity was there. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Cool. Uh, market targets. Um, so within the different markets, uh, what, what is your target? What is your target outcome? What do you actually want to achieve within KPIs. that? KPIs. Yeah, KP, KPIs. That's relevant. So, you know, you have to hold, hold yourself accountable um, within the market. So, hey, I've got 0% of this market share. I want to have 5% by the end of 2020, right? So, and that's pretty important. To- and then you'll write how you're going to do that. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So that is marketing plan and, of course, a big uh, part of that would be your social media strategy. Yeah, that- so then you would enter social media strategy within that mm. and in the social media strategy you have really similar things like customer demographics, you have your SWOT analysis, you've got your promotional st- strategy and they are all in there as well mm. but they're sort of broken down and they're looked at differently. Yes, and then delivered over social media on different platforms. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you've derived. Cool. All right, that's step one. Now, step two, operations plan. So we'll fly through some of this stuff because it's 
it's one of those things you build over time, especially coming from a small business. Uh, it is important to know the business structure. So whether you want to do a sole trader or if you want to do a company structure, personally, I'm a fan of company structure. It allows I, more fluidity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also good for tax purposes. So it's better to be company? Well, it's not always better. It's sometimes more appropriate. Now, I'm not a financial advisor, but it is a financial decision how you structure your business. So if you want to have an ACN, which is what we have as a company structure, we own a portion of the ACN or the company. If that company was to be sold, it's much easier, it is easier to sell than a, a um, private, uh, a uh, ABN, a standard ABN as a sole trader. Yeah. So that sole trader is essentially an ABN. You get income, you pay tax, that's it. With a company, um, you sort of pay company tax and then you can use your money slightly differently. So investigate that. I highly recommend engaging with an accountant to get that structure done correctly. A little bit I have of money a really good accountant if you guys want. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> yes. You do actually. <laughs> What's his name? Where does he work? His name is Matthew and he works for Vaughan Davies Financial and um, I'm just about to kick off their socials. So. Yeah, correct. So I highly recommend getting in touch with potentially them. We'll yep. put some details in the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's important to get your structure right. If you get your structure wrong, it can also damage your business. Um, and if you want to change it down the way, it can be done, can be painful. Can and be expensive. Yes, it can be expensive. Um, cool. Scope of operations. So you need to also define um, what is in scope and what is out of scope. Now, that's, that sounds like a cyclical term, but essentially it's what are we going to be doing in-house and what are we going to be doing out of house? So with us, with me and Ella, we try and do everything we can in-house as much as possible and get yeah. our skill sets up. But there's certain things we can't do like accounting. Right, so exactly. we take that. That is out of scope operation. Or and like we website development. Content. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and you've got someone who does that. <laughs> What's his name? I have someone for everything. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you build up a business team, right? And having a business is not just you at home doing everything. No. It's you engaging contractors, subcontractors, industry partners exactly. to create your business and your current. Uh, website guy and we've gone through this a few times and now we've got to Prashant. Prashant yes. from Webtech Mind. Yes, and he's done a great job. So I love my website and I've got him to do a few of my clients' websites as well. Yeah. He's doing a great job. Yes, he's keen and knows his way around the uh, his particular industry, yeah. of which is not part of our scope. Um, cool. Next is regulatory issues. So, guys, pretty important to look at this sort of thing if you are going into a market space. Some of them are highly regulated, um, safety, technology, that sort of stuff. Um, so talking to the boys, they're looking at one of these businesses at the moment, and it's uh, basically a safety compliance type thing. A lot of regulation to understand. So in that scenario, you'd probably want to get uh, an auditor or a lawyer to help you understand what that's going to be. Now, in some industries, we're not going to get regulation around bikinis, for example. However, <laughs> there, there, there were still some regulations about when we imported our stuff from Bali. Oh, yeah. Yep. So it does impact duty. your business. Yeah, impact duty. They had to put a whole bunch of information about where it was made, what it was made from. And then the pay a lot from. of money. Yes, that's also important. So if you've done your marketing plan and <laughs> you think you've got a great product, and then you hit a massive regulatory issue that's going to cost an arm and a leg. It can kill your business. So definitely check in on that one. See what's going on. Ask the right people. Do some Googling. See Google has all the answers, guys. <laughs> Not me. Literally does. Oh, we were watching last night. What if Google was a guy? If you haven't seen that, get on YouTube <laughs> so and watch funny. it. What was Google was a guy? It was hilarious. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, and I'm talking a lot, so you should chip in. But um, insurance. I feel so like this is you. You do the business plans. Yes. I, I do d- the social media plans. <laughs> yeah, this is this is definitely where I, I did uh, entrepreneurship and innovation at uni. So I love this sort of stuff. It gets me. What did your staff member say? Bart is smart. 
<laughs> Bart knows a lot, yeah. So I've got a new girl to work for us, Danushi. Shout out for Danushi. She's this awesome little Sri Lankan girl that's joined our team recently from Victoria. And uh, yeah, I'm sort of trying to get her up and running as quick as possible and uh, bombarding her with information. And the poor thing's heads are, her eyes are rolling in her head a little bit, but that's fine. And she Bart asked her, what, what is the top of your notes? What is in your notes? And what did she say? Bart knows a lot. <laughs> Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about the business plan. So insurance is important. That's 2.4. Uh, if you are doing uh, anything on an yeah. open site, you need insurance. Often public liability, even for a single day when the girls We are do doing... markets. Yep. yep. When, whenever we do a market stand, we need to buy insurance for that. Yeah, and it's not much, right? It was like 30 bucks a day, public liability No, it was insurance. like 50 bucks for six months or something. It oh, was, was it even less? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot at all. Yeah. So that trickles down from your regulatory stuff, right? So mm-hmm. if you don't have insurance and you haven't checked your regulatory stuff and something goes wrong, you'll lose your business. And if you haven't structured your business correctly, you can lose a lot more than your business. So if you guys need help structuring your business, just ask Bart and he'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with the two hours spare time I have in my entire week at the moment. But that's fine. Uh, look, if you guys do have any questions, feel free to email Ella and we'll see if we can help you out or at least point you in the right direction. Happy to do that and we can go from there. Business premises. So this is a big one. So a lot of the thing about a business is a fixed cost, all right? So if you buy or rent a property, buying one's always nice, but you, know, you don't always have the cash. But you're renting a property, you're committing yourself to a premise. Sometimes the premise is in the wrong area or sometimes the premise is too expensive and you can't move. So, for example, have you ever noticed how JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman were all those guys are near each other? Mm-hmm. Do you know why? Because then you end up getting like these technology parks and if people want to go look at TVs, they'll go to all three stores at the same time and then they'll buy a TV. But if they have to drive 20 kilometers between the two, yeah. it doesn't always work out well for everybody. So you get like, it's called business hub or business locale, locales, right? Mm. And that, that's all very important for you. So if you're going to be opening uh, a plumbing fitting shop, whatever, you should be near a Bunnings or close to it or and something like that. that's why in Perth they've got like that big strip of yeah. in Osborne Park and yeah. everything is next to each other, all exactly. the furniture stores, everything you need. Exactly or right. your brand new house is all on one street. Yeah, correct. Exactly right. So they've got like, and there's related industries as you just top, touched on, right? So furniture, one place, garden, bedding, like it's all related. So you can go out and be like, we're going to do a house day, right? And then it makes the whole transaction easier. So that's important. And that's 2.6, which is your location. So you see what you can do. My recommendation on fixed costs is generally try and not have any. <laughs> so yeah. don't so have it's really good to be a service online, online, yeah, on it. the line, as on, Gosha would say. <laughs> your mum's hilarious. But look, guys, so uh, try, and, <laughs> try and keep your fixed cost low because if you're not making any money, you still got to pay those costs. That's why it's called fixed. Uh, what you'd like to do is obviously make money and not have to have a committed outco- outgoing every single week. Um, so if you can start off um, without that, work from home, which is always good. And that always helps. Uh, production arrangements is 2.7, so that's pretty important. Obviously, you've got upstream and downstream suppliers. So upstream is obviously, for the example of bikinis, our manufacturer that was in Bali, um, and they had another upstream supplier which got a lot of the... the fabric. Yeah, where did they come from again? From Italy. Italy, there you go. So, yeah, I mean, those are the relationships that you adopt by forming relationships. And then downstream uh, for production and... I suppose distribution arrangement, which is 2.8, is sort of the shops that we had your stuff in. So Yeah, so not just online but physical places, other places where... Yeah, and correct. And also just going to production arrangements, make sure that you put into your timelines that if you're getting something made, it's not always going to be on time, so you need to allocate <laughs> that time. Yeah, 100%. Because a really bad example is we sold out of bikinis midway through summer, so we placed another 
order and mm. we didn't get it until summer was over. Yeah, and then it was last year's stock and Bye-bye. we struggled to move it. It was a pain in the ass. Yeah, that was a pun. But uh, those, uh, you got to understand that this is a product journey. So the formation of the product is really from Italy where you get the fabric, goes to Bali where it gets made, we design it. So that was our part. And then it gets mm. delivered in Australia. We take it, we sold it online and at distribution locations and then it ends up with the customer. So you have to understand upstream and downstream and you're a piece in that puzzle for you to do everything along the way is fairly rare i might say so yeah yeah. if you're a product-based business yeah absolutely if you're a service-based business it's still important though right so you can have your related anyway um credit terms so really important that you get your um credit terms and your sort of t's and c's done correctly i should say so i'm a big stickler for this sort of stuff because you can go and sell a huge deal or do a whole bunch of stuff with everybody uh, or customers or upstream suppliers for example and then you don't get your t's and c's agreed to and then they can sometimes screw you over mm-hmm. and there's nothing you can do about it do you uh, know what's worse mm-hmm. when they change the contract halfway through the contract <laughs> yes which they that. do in bali yeah. because it's bali yeah and then yeah and you can't really uh, and the payment terms right so credit terms are payment terms so generally in australia it's 30 day payment terms if you issue an invoice someone's got 30 days to pay it by law you can ask for less and you can ask for more agreed outside of those terms but it's up to you to execute when we were in Bali, we came up with the terms and then halfway through they changed the price, which is a big no-no. But because they were international, you can't really do anything. You're like, yep, whatever, play ball. Let's get on with it. So You just get screwed along the way. Well, but- sometimes. you just got to understand it, right? So if you can understand all this stuff, you can mitigate the risk and you can plan around it. And that's the important thing to take away. Mm-hmm. Cool. Plant and equipment. Um, So for us, plant and equipment generally means uh, computers and microphones and headphones and cameras Cameras, and all those fun stuff. Good to know what you need to create your product or your service. Um, If you can minimize this as much as possible, that's always a good thing. Plant and equipment runs out. It depreciates. It gets broken. Sometimes you need insurance on it. Sometimes you need to replace it. So it can represent a significant cost depending on your type of business. It is good to have a price list. 100%. 100%. And that way, because that ties back into your insurance as well. Yes, exactly right. And um, we do that. So all of our stuff is on insurance. So if we go traveling and something breaks, we're not stuck without or it. Or when it gets stolen like that time when we got robbed. Yes, in Ibiza, <laughs> which is a nightmare. <laughs> they stole everything from our, our – well, they stole our keys for our apartment yeah, from the, at the beach and then went back to our hotel, sorry, and uh, cleaned us out, which was fun. We were, we were a little bit tipsy and on the other side of the island <laughs> and we had to get a taxi. Nobody spoke English. Yeah, it was a really fun time. Fun times. Anyway, back to the next <laughs> one. Quality control, really important for this one. Um, just make sure you've got quality control measures in place. They can be simple, just tick boxes, one pages, just make sure everything's gone through. The quality control of your business plan potentially. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, when we're doing uh, the bikini label, obviously, you just have to make sure everything was checked correctly. And when we didn't accept um, the shipment until we'd done a quality control. So we went through and see how many – because there is always a percentage that goes wrong. Always. What did we say? 5% was an allowance? Something like Yana, um, our friend who has Kinney the label, Mm. she said that she had something that the color was off. And then they sent her hundreds of – Off colored. Off-coloured products, and yeah. they, like she, she, they, she couldn't do anything with it. Yeah, exactly right. And that's the other thing with the credit terms, right? So if you're accepting delivery from the manufacturer, you probably pay 50% upfront, 50% upfront delivery. So you check that quality control before you pay the other 50%. And you, you make sure those samples off. are 100%. <laughs> 100%. 110%. 
Exactly right. All right, let's scoot on to the next one, uh, membership and affiliations. So pretty important to sort of figure out uh, within your, uh, your operations plan, the membership and affiliations. So these are your industry partners, your memberships, um, and sort of the stakeholders that are within your business to make it operate. So at the moment, it's mainly me and Ella in Ella Mazzo Creative, which is good, but we do And have, Caitlin. And Caitlin, yes, correct. Um, she's an employee, so that goes down to organizational plan, which is next. But uh, She's the best. Yes, she is a good, good egg. Um, but memberships and affiliations are sort of industry partners, uh, your accountants, those sort of things. And again, comes back to your business structure. You just have to highlight them and note that they're in place and actually take care of them a little bit. Uh, it's important to, to make sure that the people that you rely on. I don't on, know if anyone will get why you're saying it like that. Because uh, <laughs> you did a TikTok about American people saying important funny and it trended pretty hard. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Uh, that was good. Anyway, communications. So I'm a big one for operation plan and communication design. So what sort of platforms do you use? How do you communicate? What relevant information goes on what platform? So for us, we have quite a few different types of platforms and how do we communicate that information? Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be as simple as payslips, right? That's communicated to your staff by sending it out to them. But, uh, you know, we use um, iMessage um, to talk about general stuff. We're and on- then I use Slack as well. And we use Trello. Yeah. Exactly right. So there's all these different platforms and apps that we use. So we'll have all of that in there. Yeah, exactly. And there's some uh, some really great free ones, aka Slack, as you've just said. Really important for us. We use Office 365 at work, um, so we can have group chats and everything across the whole business at the same time. So if you've got a burning question, you can't get someone on the phone, just jump on there. Obviously, email massive. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty important if you don't have email. What are you doing with your life? Um, it's true. Like literally email is the, the most important thing. I'm, I reckon I'm punching 200 and 250 emails a day at the moment. Um, but you have to because it's, you know, there's no other way around it. Trading hours. This is hilarious because you don't only have trading hours. You're working 24-7 at the moment. That's why it's really important to create yourself boundaries. Yeah. So only communicate to your clients via email unless you know that they are going to respect you and your time via text message. Yeah, that's it. So most companies will advertise trading times if they've got a call center like we do at work. Um, Those call centers have general trading hours and then after hours extra support. Um, But those are explicitly uh, sort of expressed to your customer base to make sure that they understand when you are and are not available. Getting a phone call from a customer at 11.30 at night because his internet is not working Mm. is not always fun. So one of those things is uh, good to understand and, and sort of, like I said, advertise. Yeah, important. 2.15, not so exciting commencement date. Um, so when are you going to put things in practice? When are you going to put the platforms in place? I think that's important. Yeah, it's not a commencement date. Look, if you... Because if you, then you need to create, like, you. that's that's what you work backwards from. So you have that date and then everything else needs to be done. Mm, mm. So that's important. Yeah, it is important. But I, I think it's not quite as important as actually getting okay. the right operation okay. plan. Because if you put the plan in place... My view on it is to kick it off almost straight away. Right? Yeah, no, so. I agree. I mean, your commencement date usually will commence before you even start creating a business plan. Yeah, exactly right. So it's not one of those things you go, oh, I'm going to do my business. Yeah. yeah. The other way around. Anyway. Um, cool. Section so, three. Section three, organizational plans. Great. So operations plan, we've just done. Organizational plan is very good. So organizational structure. So I'm big on this one. So I'm at the top. <laughs> Ella is the CEO. Uh-huh. Um, no, look, so within a large organization, you have uh, assigned 
structures and plans and that relates to basically what people are responsible for so you have financial you know cfo chief financial officer uh, ceo chief executive officer which we call sort of the c level and then it works its way down in a small business you don't have to give people big titles sometimes it's nice to have but at the end of the day what the organizational structure does is define the roles within the organization so you know i do all the finance i do all the background i do all the the videoing uh, editing editing and that sort of stuff so that's my role we understand it because we've done it before uh, and that obviously is 3.2 which is the skills required for that role um you're obviously the face of the company you do all the marketing and social media it's pretty straightforward right so do a lot more than that but no, yeah i know but as the business grows and evolves you need to put more plans and structure in place yeah, no you do so if you think about my you know where i work full-time it's a six and a half billion dollar organization or whatever it is it is extremely well structured because it has to be yeah. Yeah, otherwise it doesn't work right and you've got to think about the skills required. So when you start looking at 3.3, uh, which is personnel and resume, um, you need to essentially uh, attract and hire the right people for the job, which now is Caitlin. Yeah. So the other day I went with Brooke from a couple of episodes ago. We went to this She Creates event and there was a panel of women speaking and they all have really successful businesses and they were saying the best way to hire or the, the way that they have done it is that they have internships and then if those people do really well, then they'll hire that person. And I think that is so, so good because you're you're giving this person all the training that they need. They want to be there because they have expressed interest that they want to be there with you. Yeah. So they're going to do the best possible and then you'll give them a job. Yeah, exactly right. So I'm, I'm actually going through this a bit uh, at work as well. It's, it's attracting and retaining quality staff. So if you didn't know, it takes 70% more effort um, to a- attract uh, and retain a staff member or to replace a staff member, sorry, I should say. So if we basically get someone in, uh, not the right person, um, and they leave the business, um, then we have to go back out to market um, and then you essentially have to start from scratch. So with the internship, which we've done with Caitlin, which is extremely successful, um, she joined the team. We gave her a little bit of work, gave her a couple of tests and some practice stuff to get on with and she absolutely nailed it. And then all of a sudden we're like, cool, there's a job at the end of it for you. And it was a no-brainer for us, right? And it was also good because there was no resume portion of that, which is 3.4. Um, so she did. She did send me a resume. Did she? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we, I didn't look at it because she was doing a great job. End of discussion, right? And that's kind of how it ends up. And, and attracting and retaining staff is really important. Um, if you are, especially in a small business, if you hire somebody that is negative <laughs> or cancerous, it destroys your business. So just make sure you have a little HR process in place. You can even get an external HR person. I highly, highly, highly recommend doing a resume and a background check and, and a police clearance. Um, um, sounds terrible, but if you've got a great little business on your hand, you've done everything perfectly from marketing, operations plan, structure plan, and you get the wrong person, they can, they can destroy just, your yeah. business from within. So just pay a bit of attention to that. Um, something to look forward to um, because, again, if you put it in the right practice, hire the right people, those people also talk to other people, and the next thing you get other you know excellent people knocking in the door saying, hey, I want to be part of your team or business, and that's always very Important. Important. Yes. They have a really good book you guys want to read by Lisa Messenger, Daring and Disruptive, and she talks all about that in the book and she gives really, really good examples. So mm. I would, yeah, I've just finished reading it and I love it. I love everything that she does. So yeah. that's a good one to read. Yeah, I think actually what we might do next week is actually do a bit of a book review because we read a lot of good books last year and we haven't really 
talk about it. It's a good idea. Yeah, we'll do that. Well, today's all about business plans. Next week's about books. So tune in there. Yeah. Fun. Anyway, we're not quite done yet, but we will be done very shortly. Last People section of the business plan. Yeah. yeah, last section of the business cool. plan. So this is the bit that I really get stuck into is the financial plan, uh, establishing costs. Bart's favorite bit. It's the bit he starts with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, so from my perspective, um, a financial plan, if you, if you get your financial plan in place, sometimes it also drives the things above it. So yeah, it's, exactly. a, it's quite reflexive. So if you have a great business idea, but it's not financially viable, are you going to do it? Probably not, right? But if you have a terrible product, but it's financially super viable, you can do it purely to make money. So what it does is it creates an optic for you to look at your business and understand what it's going to be about. Uh, and it also can drive, you know, your pricing strategy, how you advertise, you know, and analyzing your competitors, all these sort of things fold into each other. And it's very important to understand your financial strategy. At the end of the day, the financial strategy is to make money. It's not that hard, right? Mm-hmm. So once you get that, work it backwards. It's very important. 4.2 is to establish costs and source of funds. So it, obviously you need seed money, money to some extent. Um, in our scenario with EMC, it was quite fortunate that I had a good enough job that yeah. Ella could start if, the business. Without let's say, having... for example, that Bart didn't have a job. So if I wanted to go out on my own, I would have to save X amount of money, at least a year's worth for me to survive mm. so that I could pay all of my bills and just get by while I gave this a big crack. Yeah, and this is where the side hustle thing comes in a little bit. People are like, oh, side hustle. So I think that's pretty important, right? Start your business between 5 to 9 at night. That's it. Finish yeah. work, five to nine, do it after hours, and keep your normal that's, job. That's exactly how I started. Exactly that's how right. I started Ella and Jackson. That's how I started this business. Yep. And that's how it evolves. More people come to you, more people say that um, they need your service and mm. that's how you go full time. Yeah, correct. And, and that's other- also sorry. That's go. also how you start building on products. You like you you have that business, and then you see what else do people need. Mm. So that's how we started our YouTube channel as well, because mm. a lot of people were like, "Show me, show me, show me yeah. how to do this." So we did a bunch of tutorials on how to do different things, yep. and then that's also how we started the podcast because more people wanted. Tell me, tell me, tell yeah, me. Yeah, longer, more explanations about how you do things and that's how your business evolves. Yeah, exactly right. That's a really good example. And just to sort of drill down a little bit into established costs and source of funds, right, that comes down to your operations plan and your marketing plan. So the whole idea is to minimize cost and maximize revenue. That's it, right? Mm -hmm. As cheap and as cheerful as possible and but as effective as possible so and sometimes still high quality yeah so but you balance that equation right so hey we've got to do this marketing plan we're going to throw x amount of money at it now you can spend a million dollars on a marketing plan if you want but what's your roi what's your return on investment is that really going to give you back what you put in or more right if you're going to put in a million and you're going to get 10 million do it if you're going to put in a million and get 10 grand are you going to do it no so that's an extreme example but really drilling down and keeping the costs tight is fundamentally important, especially in formation st- stage of your yeah, business. Yeah, in the beginning. Exactly, especially when you've got a low source of funds. Yeah. Um, but it's also derived from what type of product, right? So if we were doing bikinis, we had to obviously throw in some cash to buy the products and, and make them. With yeah. the service-based industry, it's, it's your time and effort. So it's much easier to do because you're not putting money out, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's and pretty... What we did with Ella and Jackson, we actually didn't get a loan. We didn't get an investor. We, we didn't do any ourselves. of that. We saved up... Yeah. or uh, like six months or so, and then yeah. we went and we did it. Yeah, which is a much better way of doing it. I think taking a loan is uh, fraught with danger. Um, if you're a big business and you need to expand, you've got a lot of people involved and it's a big business, like uh, 
you know, one of our good friends, Chris King, who owns a very, very, very big business. Uh, he needed, you know, a couple hundred million dollars. Even Morgan does that for shows. If he knows that that show is going to bring him a lot back, he yeah. will invest a lot into it. Yeah, so. exactly right. And it's that return on investment. If you don't know what it is, Google it, watch a video on it. Maybe we'll do a video on it. It's pretty important. <laughs> what is that away? Yeah, exactly. It's not a bad idea. Hmm. So uh, for getting close to the balance the list, sheet. Yeah, balance sheet is next. So balance sheet is basically income and expenses. As I said, expenses are costs. Keep them low. Income is money coming in. Try and get that up. The whole idea is to have a positive cash flow. More money coming in than it goes out. Not that hard doesn't sound too hard, but at the end of the day, sometimes in the, in the formation stage of the business, some of the money goes out before it comes in. Now, one of the rules that I will recommend to everybody, if you are building a business, reinvest all of your profits into yes. the business for as long as possible, right? So if you wanted to go and do side hustle to work full time, great. But suffer the time of working and not needing to rely on that business and reinvest every dollar into it till there's a point that you absolutely have to quit your job is my recommendation. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, it's, it's very much like a fire, right? You start a small fire and you get a little bit of heat, but then if you don't give it enough air, the fire won't grow. So the whole idea is just to pump as much air into it as possible and get a big blazing fire and then off you go. And then you can sit down and relax and, you know, sit in your chair and have a beer, whatever it is. But the whole idea is if you don't actually facilitate that growth, it'll stifle and the business will fall over. And as we said before, success is not guaranteed to stay in place. Yeah. So even if you are successful, make sure you allocate minimum 10, 20% of the business funds back into growth at, at the very least. So essentially don't spend what you make straight away because then your business will fail. Yeah, unless you're spending it on back on the business, right? And that's yeah. the thing. If some people make money and then they go and take it out and buy a Ferrari, that's up to you, but then your business is dead. I wouldn't do it. What you want to do is grow the business until you've got enough people and it's big enough and got the organization operational plan in, in line to have that business run by itself. And you don't even have to be part of it anymore. You're just around, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the goal. Which is next, uh, profit and loss projections. And so, zero has this really well, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. So P&L, so profit and loss. So when you do your BAS statement, if you set up a company, which is part of what we said, business structure before, uh, profit and loss is how much money did you make, how much money did you lose, what did you spend it on. Now, the advantage of having a company over a sole trader is that um, you essentially have income. So income tax is 10%. Uh, you have your income minus your expenses and then what's left you pay tax on, which is generally a corporate tax rate of 30% within Australia. If you're in somewhere else uh, around the world, it is different, of course, um, but the whole idea here is to funnel that money back into your business to grow it, to pay your wages, whatever it is, and then what's left at the end of the year, that's your, your end-up profit. But what's interesting, and some people might note this, is that people at the end of the financial year will spend what's left so you don't money. have to pay tax on so it. So you don't have to pay tax on it. Which Very is a, smart. Yeah, it is smart. So basically what you do is you spend money back on your business towards the end of financial year. So we got to go on a content trip um, <laughs> in, in when? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But look, you always get those things that have end of financial year sales because they know businesses have whatever's left, cash left to spend. Yeah. And it's good for the economy. So if we need to buy a new computer or... Whatever it we'll is. We'll do it at tax time. We'll do it just before the end of tax time and you know, make sure we've bought the right things. And that facilitates a business moving forward into the next financial year. Yeah, exactly. And you can claim tax on it too. 
Correct. So expected cash flow projections. So the one thing that we look at uh, is something called the BEP, so break-even point. Uh, how much money have you put in and when are you going to earn enough money to break even? So that's a really good snapshot. And there's a couple of financial uh, sort of terminologies and formulas you can do to figure out what your cash flow is meant to be. If it's a really small business at the end of the day, all you want to do is spend less than you're earning right save that money up and then reinvest a portion of it into the business uh, and and make sure that that business grows simply put that's called the cash flow equation it's pnl and balance sheet if you need a recommendation i highly recommend getting at zero it has this stuff built in yeah. in bar graph format and you don't have to be a math magician to figure this stuff out right you can see it you go cool money's going up it's an upward trending graph we're earning more money this month than we did last month yay zero is so good yes. we got it um when la ha- Last year, yeah, when we were really kicking off properly, and it has all of these different plugins as well. So we've just got a thing called PandaDoc, and yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, PandaDoc's great, right? So that, that's the thing; it's part of your operational business structure, but also falls into your financial plan. Is to try and and what we're doing through it at the moment is automate as much as you can, yeah. um, and get those platforms because you've got these massive, massive businesses that are designed to facilitate small business growth. Yeah for not a heck of a lot of money and it's all subscription based 50 bucks a month you get this 100 bucks a month you get that right and the amount of time it would take us to do that manually is phenomenal we would highly recommend automating as much as possible yes whatever you can yeah exactly right and that's the thing right so we've got these uh you know 40 odd topics or tick boxes and when you see a complete business plan every portion of this contributes to the operational success of the business however when you get to a point that you know something's falling over you look back at one of these boxes essentially and you can identify that there's a lack or or an opportunity for a resolution or an increase or um, you know a platforming or automation so you know if your balance sheet projections are off in this scenario you can go look at your zero and then engage Mm. your scope of operations your accountant to fix that right and that's a really complicated way of saying if you check on this stuff regularly um, your business will operate correctly as long as every one of these attributes are being adhered to. So within this business plan, where would you start talking about like your values and your key messages? or Mission would, statement. Yeah. Would, and your mission statement. Would that all be within the marketing 100%. section? Yeah, the 100%. So uh, the mission statement's pretty good. So that, that mission statement stuff's uh, exciting because it kind of where, what is your business's overall outcome? So it's and your pretty, goals and things like that. Yeah, correct. So goal setting and that sort of stuff. The mission statement's very important because for larger businesses, um, it, it drives hundreds and thousands of staff or hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands of staff in one overarching direction. In a small business, it's good to set that out from the outcome so that way you know where you're going. And that, But I'm just going to say that that can also, it can change. You might not know from the very, very beginning of your small business what correct. it is because you're still finding your feet you're yep. still finding what works and what doesn't. So it might take you a year to find the perfect mission statement, and that's yeah. okay if you're a small business, yep. but you want to get it right. You don't want to put something out there and then be like, oh, that's not me, I'm going to change it. Just really think about it. You don't need to get yeah. that out straight away. Yeah, and I mean, look, even at the moment, we're trying to formulate the right words around your mission statements. Yeah, so, like I mean, we, we have our values, we have our attributes, and we have them. Yeah, yeah We yeah. have them nailed. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And the actual mission statement for your business is to facilitate small business growth through social media, educate and support, right? But we haven't put that into a word yet, Mm -hmm. but we know that your business is social media, um, helping small businesses understand and leverage small uh, social media. Well, not just small businesses. Yeah, yeah, big businesses too, but that small business space seems to be a a real gap in the market, which we've identified, right? So a lot of people want to get on 
marketing and advertising through social media and they don't know how to do that, whether it's you do a strategy for them or you actually manage their account for them or, of course, you just educate them through you know, the podcast or the YouTube. That, and that's what we are trying to do. Yeah. We're trying to help other businesses get better at social media. We haven't figured out a catchphrase mission statement for that yet, but that's on the way. Yeah, something we're working on. Yes, correct. Again, always working on it, aren't we, sweetie? Always working on the business. <laughs> yes, we're on the grind. But look, I think uh, that is the main topics. There's four headings and sort of five to ten subheadings for each of these ones. We'll put that for download. You guys can have a bit of a look at it. Yeah. If you've got any questions and queries, fire it through to Ella. and um, yeah, I'll pass them can. on to Bart so he can answer them. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I will answer them as best that I can. But um, yeah, I think that's it. Next week we might pick a book and go through that or answer some questions and see what happens. But, yeah, well, um, I think next week we're going to do Ashy's podcast. So oh, I recorded, I pre-recorded a podcast with Ashy while I was in Perth few weeks ago she is a dear friend big perth influencer and we had a really really good chat and it's interesting because we had a completely different conversation to the one i had with brooke who was also an influencer so i think oh, you guys will right. find it really valuable that's right it was different i thought it was the same you drilled me for it I remember because that. Oh, to be fair you didn't listen to it yet well, so well i will have to listen to it when i edit it but yes you fine. will <laughs> cool guys well i think that's it thanks very much for joining us i know it was a bit of a longer one but uh hope you took a lot away yeah i hope you found that valuable we'll talk to you soon have a good week bye, bye.